You're listening to episode five of the Better Than Healthy podcast, the one where we talk about eating without rules. Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself, and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Brathman. Let's dive in. Hello. So these next few episodes, what we're going to be doing is going over the different principles of intuitive eating. I'm not just going to tell them to you and go over the definition based on the book. If you haven't read the book, highly recommended for the intuitive eating book by Evelyn Tribble and Elise Rush. I may, may or may not have pronounced their names correctly, but it's highly recommended if you haven't read that book and you're interested in this process to go through it and read it from there. But I'm going to really be talking about these principles based on how I've interpreted them and how I've used them and combined them with the mindset work that I've learned because it's really through those combination that I healed my own relationship with food. So we're going to loosely talk about the 10 principles of intuitive eating, but I'm going to give you one with my twist on them. So the first principle of intuitive eating is rejecting the diet mentality, or as I said at the beginning of the episode, eating without food rules. Now this first step can be the hardest because the opposite of what we've learned to practice for so long because even if you are somebody who wasn't following like diets often and we're just trying to you know be healthy is we can pick up a lot of different beliefs about what healthy is going to look like that end up influencing our decisions around food and exercises and how we think about our body and how we think about weight and how we think about health that may not actually be serving us because a lot of times the different health rules They seem incredibly useful because often they're based on different research and it's what a lot of experts are saying in the industry, but we take their perspective and think that we have to follow it exactly. And the problem with using that in health is that there is no end goal with health. It's always this constant thing that as long as we're alive, we're going to have health, we're going to have healthier days. We're going to have days where we don't feel so healthy. And when we take on this perspective that we are fully in charge of our health every single moment of every single day, then anytime we have something where we're maybe feeling off or maybe we get a cold or we're just having a day where we don't feel that good, then it can feel like we caused it somehow. We weren't really taking care of ourselves the right way that we did something wrong. And then that's what caused it. One way we can really look at this is like throughout my entire life, I have a very mild scoliosis or like turn in my back that has led me to like consistently have sometimes back pain throughout my life, even being young, even when I was in high school, I had this. And it's easy to be like, oh, something's gone wrong. And then for me to start looking for, well, did I cause this somehow? Was I moving less? Was I not taking care of myself? And like sometimes I wasn't stretching as much or wasn't doing as much to take care of my back. And sometimes it just happens. And we can take that to mean when we're really believing health as this standard and as this rule and as this thing that we're always supposed to be doing. And if we're not doing it, we're doing something wrong. Then we start to blame ourselves for when this happens. It's this balance of, yes, we can take responsibility for our health, which can be useful because whenever we're taking responsibility and ownership over something, it gives us more control and more power over it. But if we don't know how to approach it with compassion and self-trust, then we end up using it against ourselves and using it as a reason to feel bad. So then like on a day where I had some extra back pain, then I'm like adding on emotional pain with shame or just feeling a little bit bad about it or thinking I did something wrong, then I'm adding emotional discomfort on top of the physical discomfort and then we can end up compounding it and just feeling worse, which we can think is useful because we think that maybe then 
It's going to make us take better care of ourselves. But usually what happens is if we're making ourselves feel bad, we just feel less inspired to do the thing that we want to be doing. So when we're talking about eating without rules, rejecting the diet mentality, it's really rejecting the rules that you were taught about food. So a lot of times we're told to get, you know, five servings of fruits and vegetables, get only like this amount of carbs, make them mostly um, whole grains and get lean proteins. And there's all these different information that we know about food that we have ended up using against ourselves. So we end up making this mean like these are the foods I'm supposed to be eating and we end up using that against ourselves in the sense of using it in a black and white way where it's like I'm I'm being good if I'm eating these foods and I'm being bad. I've even heard people describe it in these ways of when people ask them what they've been doing if they lost weight. It's like oh I've just been good lately. So does that mean if you eat a certain way and you put on a little weight then you've been bad lately? Because then we're bringing in this moral component about who we are as people as being good or bad based on our food choices, which then leads us to complicating our relationship with food. And that's not what we want to focus on, which is why we end up moving the focus away from weight in intuitive eating because people can be healthy at different sizes when they're at the size that feels best for them in their body. So we want to move the focus away from weight because we want to stop promoting this idea of health being completely tied to weight, which there are studies that associate different health issues with weights and people will bring this up. But there's also research that shows that weight fluctuating up and down increases the risk for the same diseases that are associated with weight and there's no causation in any of it. It's all associations. So we want to really be paying attention more to how we're actually taking care of our body, how we feel in our body versus based on these standards that are decided by other people. But this is easier said than done because we're not used to really being the own authority in our lives. We're used to relying on other people for guidance, which and because we want certainty. We want to know exactly what to do because we want to know it's going to create the results exactly how and to have a clear structured way because we aren't taught to build the trust in ourselves. And this truly is one of the hardest adjustments in intuitive eating because really throughout our own lives, we're not taught to be the authority in our life. So we think about growing up as children, it's like we had our parents to look to or we had some sort of guardian to look to and then we go through schooling and then we're given very structured ways of this is how we're supposed to do it to get the grade that we're supposed to be getting to achieve and get success. This is the way that it's laid out and we go through that and then we become adults and there's not so much structure. I mean, sometimes we have structure in like our job and our manager or our boss is giving us exactly what to do for work performance or we have these beliefs that we've picked up from the world around us about what we're supposed to be doing within how our house is supposed to look, within how exercise is supposed to look, within how vacations or time off is supposed to look. But for the most part, we reach a point where all of a sudden we're kind of the authority in our life unless we find somebody else to continue giving that power to. Because we're told what to do to be successful and then we're never taught how to troubleshoot and make it work for us. And that's what ends up happening so often. And if we look at this specifically within health is a lot of times people, when we start working together, they'll be like, oh, it'd be easier if you just tell me exactly what to eat. Like they think as a dietitian that I'm just going to give them a meal plan and that that would be the perfect way for them to then be healthy. I've had people say exactly, if you just tell me what to do, I'll do it. But what we do is we look back on different diets and different plans they've had in the past. And usually we can find multiple examples of them being told exactly what to do. And maybe they did it for a while. Maybe they did it even for a year or just a couple months or a couple weeks, but they ended up stopping doing it. 
So we think if somebody tells us exactly what to do, that then we'll know and we'll just do it. But that's never how it ends up happening for the most part. Obviously, there are always exceptions to it and people who like that. But of just knowing that we've had the structure. There are so many plans out there that if all you needed was a plan, we would all just be following it. And we wouldn't be really having this conversation about learning to trust ourselves and learning to heal our relationship with food. Because food's not a problem that we need to solve. So when we look back, we see like, oh yeah, I did have this plan this person tell me exactly what to do. They just told me to be committed, follow it exactly, and I would get the result. But really what happened is when we look into what actually happened for them, then they see that they followed it for a couple weeks, but then it just felt like so much pressure, felt like so much pressure they were putting on themselves. They were tired of willing powering it. They just couldn't do it anymore. So then they just went and ate everything in sight, completely broke all of the rules that were of that program as a way just to rebel against it. Because what we end up doing is we can flip back and forth between the all or nothing thinking which really can look like we're being a dictator to ourselves, like follow this exact structure every single time, do it perfectly. And then a second, there is a time where we don't follow it perfectly and we just start completely rebelling against it. And I'm going to break all these rules as a way just to not do it because I'm tired of following them and I'm tired of hustling through it and I'm tired of watching myself and maintaining myself on this. And then we just rebel against it completely. And then we flip back and forth between this being a dictator to ourselves to follow rules exactly and being a rebellion and not paying attention to what we want and neither of them are the highest version of ourselves that we want to be because our hope is that structure will give us the right or wrong way to do something and that if we have the right or wrong way to do something then we'll just know how to do it the right way but actions don't produce the results that we want it's not actions alone that do that because if it was then once you had that plan then you would follow it exactly and everything would be good and we wouldn't be having this conversation but here's what happens when you know right or wrong is it depends on how we're thinking about that when we're thinking about it as like oh this is the wrong way but we start making the wrong way more enticing because we start viewing it as more pleasurable and that it would be more fun to do and be like this kind of little fun act of rebellion and the right way is this boring grueling way that we have to do it and then we start telling ourselves that this isn't the way that I want to do it and that's the way that I want to do it, but I can't do that because that would make me bad and unhealthy. And it just becomes complicated and we spin in it. And as we spin in it, we can take on this identity as a person who is just always struggling with health and weight and food. And we start, once we take on that identity of that person, it's harder to get out of it until we bring the awareness to it. But we can easily just be stuck in that repeat pattern of struggling with food. And there's a difference of rejecting food rules because you're tired of forcing yourself to follow them and rejecting them from a place of kindness of, I'm just not going to follow these anymore. Because when we get into that rebellious phase, when we're in a diet, it's because we're just exhausted from using willpower and viewing the food as scarce that we overeat them because of that mental scarcity that we have around food versus I'm going to allow myself to have all food. There are no rules around how I can eat. How do I want to eat? Because that's when we start becoming more of the own authority in our life and especially around food. Now, a lot of times when people hear that eating without rules, eating whatever you want whenever you want, I've had people say like, oh, well, then I'm just going to eat candy and soda all day. But how would that experience be? How would you feel if all you ate was candy and soda all day? Not that there's anything like intrinsically or morally wrong with doing that. But my guess is if you had that, you wouldn't feel very good. And that's when we start using intuitive eating at its core is really a method that we can use to take care of ourselves. And so when the goal is taking care of ourselves and helping us feel better, why would we choose to eat something 
that just makes us feel terrible. The reason we choose to, in a rebellious time, eat candy or food that we would classify as junk food is that it's a way to rebel against and break the food rules, which makes it feel really, really fun and really enjoyable. And I've had this discussion with clients of like, oh, when you're going to eat that bag of chips, like, how do you feel? And it's kind of like, oh, this fun little rebellion thing that we get to do, but then it's going to be more enjoyable and pleasurable, like, oh, doing something bad. And it becomes that type of rebellion and it makes it more exciting for us to do. And that's why we think that that's what we'll do is because that's our experience of the past of like, if I wasn't following a food rule, like a diet, that's what I did. But that's not the case when your goal becomes taking care of yourself without the rules and you know you can trust yourself around food, then you take into account how that food will make you feel physically to make decisions that will help support you more. There is no right or wrong way to learn to eat without rules. You can take it at your own pace and just start breaking one or two food rules at a time because we don't want to overwhelm ourselves either. And by just taking it slow, taking it as there is no right or wrong way, the way we can start to approach it is by eating the food, seeing how we feel, and then just using that information next time. It doesn't have to be like, oh, why did I do this to myself? Because that's how we talk to ourselves when it's like, oh, why did I do this to myself? I always fail. I always mess up. Let me go back to trying this diet again. But we really aren't. We aren't these robotic type of things where it's like we need the exact same thing every single day. Because our metabolism changes, our hormones change on a daily basis where it's like we're more of over a period of time having a balance than like every single day. But that's how we approach things when we're in that dieting mentality and following food rules is trying to meet these exact same needs every single day. When our health is built over a period of time, not just one day. And when it comes to eating without rules, the more you're willing to get it wrong, the faster you'll learn what way helps you feel your best. And the willingness to try, see what we think, and then learn from it will grow us so much more than when we're in that fear of food. Because I see this all the time of people holding on to different rules just with from that fear of if I do this, if I eat without rules, then my health is going to be so much worse. And they keep themselves stuck in this limbo between following rules, following diets, and wanting to follow intuitive eating. And then they get stuck between in this limbo of the maybe I'm this, maybe I'm that, and maybe just waste so much of our time. Because instead of making a decision one way or the other and trying it, and not just trying it, but really going all in on it, is what holds us back. Because once we try something, if you go, you can always go back to your food rules if you find that it's really just not working for you. That's always an option. You can always choose what's best for you because you know what's best for you. And that's a huge part of becoming that authority in your life is the willingness to decide what works best for you by trying different things and assessing how it impacts you physically and see how you're doing mentally and emotionally and taking the time to manage our thinking. And I know that the maybe in the limbo steals so much time from you because I spent so much time there myself. Because I really played around with the idea of intuitive eating for almost two years before I really figured it out because I had so many competing beliefs of really wanting to believe in intuitive eating, of really trusting and believing that what I was reading was correct and that it really aligned with what I experienced. But I had all of these years of learning to become a dietitian and working as a dietitian with all these hard and fast rules about what we were and what we we're supposed to do and what I was teaching people every day when I used to work in a hospital competed against what I was learning with intuitive eating and trying to practice myself. And I just kind of was half in on each of them. And that 
is what took me so much longer to learn intuitive eating than I see in my clients because I'm able to guide them through that so much quicker. Because I really created this process because I really combined what I learned in intuitive eating and different mindset work to create the process I use. And while I love that experience for myself, I don't want anyone else to have to have it take so long for them to get to that place where they know they can trust themselves. And we really aren't taught to trust ourselves and to understand our body. So if we've come from a dieting background, then you likely have been taught exactly not to trust your body, that if you're hungry, you wait, delay it, try to trick yourself, like chew some gum, drink some water, do these things to delay your hunger, or stop before you feel completely full and satisfied. So we're taught to distrust ourselves and our body's cues. Or if you haven't come from a dieting background, then it can just be like we've heard different messages about health, or we just haven't really been taught awareness of ourselves. And so then it's still like not really understanding our body's cues. And because we're so used to being told exactly what to do to succeed, that makes it so tricky because we want to be told exactly what to do. I remember when I started to get my master's degree, which my master's is in public health, and one of our professors he just never gave us a clear rubric and because she wanted more creativity for us to make more decisions and for us to figure it out. I remember being so lost and just being like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me exactly what to do. I was used to these clear rubrics where it's like, okay, if you meet these things then you're going to get a good grade and then you're going to pass and you're succeeding then because I associated that as succeeding. And when I didn't have that exact rubric, I was like, I don't know what to do. Someone just tell me what to do. And like, I was so used to the rules. I just wanted to know. And that really just never Ever served me, especially when I had gotten out of school, because it taught me always to be looking outside of myself for what to do rather than making the decisions for me based on me and what's best for myself. Because we all know what's best for ourselves if we learn to listen to ourselves. And in that example of having always learned to think of other people as the authority without even realizing it. This wasn't something I was doing consciously, but it left me not really knowing what was right for me and not really trusting what I did know because we start to think it's like, oh, well, that can't be right or that can't be that simple. I remember that being one of my big thoughts when I was learning intuitive eating is like, it just can't be this easy and simple because I had this taken on the belief that it's food is something we always have to watch ourselves with. It's always what we have to manage ourselves around that it was just this constant camaraderie with other people that food is a daily struggle and that we're always trying to diet that we're always doing these things to take care of our health and that we always watch ourselves with and just kind of this culture of connecting around health and the struggle around it or of connecting with being healthy and being good and connecting with our workouts that were challenging and all that left me with was a lack of connection with myself And when I wasn't connecting with myself, I was always searching for more and more connection with other people, which made me feel so much more needy and kind of basically feeling as good as like the last compliment or the last interaction. And then I would read into compliments, I'd read into interactions and trying to like piece break them apart to see if it really meant the thing I thought it meant or if it subconscious or if there was a way that it wasn't meaning what I thought it was and I was always overthinking always overanalyzing because I wasn't trusting myself in my own experience so I know that this podcast is titled eating without rules and I've talked very little about food but that's just because more than anything it's not the exact food that we're eating it's not how much you're eating when you're eating any of that 
but really that focusing on that mentality around food because your relationship with food doesn't come from the food that you eat. It comes from how you think about the foods that you're eating because our thoughts create all of our emotions and our experiences. And when we learn to look at how we're thinking about food, then we can start changing our relationship with food and decide how we want it to look. And before I get into different tips I have to help give eating without rules, make it feel like a little bit more structure in the beginning and give some direction, there's one more thing I want to talk about because this is a question I get from so many people, is that how can I not have food rules? It's true that some foods are better than other foods and some foods are bad for you. And yes, different foods affect our bodies differently. And we can use that information that we know about food within intuitive eating and within caring for ourselves. And this is actually a principle of intuitive eating, the last one in gentle nutrition, because it's put last because if we try to use it too soon, then all of our dieting thoughts just work its way into the gentle nutrition and we're not using just the information as a way to help us. And we can continue to think of it as a moral good or bad. That's the big difference of we've started to interpret food as being like morally good or bad in the culture of dieting culture or wellness culture when we're trying to be healthy enough it becomes this vague thing and then we start to think oh I'm like eating this thing I'm doing something bad and then we're being bad and it's not moral good or bad and using that information about how food affects you is exactly part of intuitive eating and we make that decision for ourselves instead of using it just in like oh well, I've been told this food is bad because oh I've been told this food is bad is just what we do we just hear the experts say it. it's like oh well, they told me this like and we don't and then I ask people like who who's they who told you this they're like uh experts media stuff and then they don't even really know who's the one giving them decisions and they just think they're supposed to do the rule they're just supposed to do the thing they're just supposed to eat this way they're just supposed to exercise this much and that does not serve you it'll keep you in the constant struggle of trying to do things perfectly instead of evaluating how things work for you because with intuitive eating, we can set the goal of just taking exquisite care of yourself, of just learning from how things are actually affecting you to then decide how you want to feel. And then looking at the foods and knowing how they affect your body and how they actually make you feel to decide whether or not you want them. And it can be about taste, but it's also about where your hunger's at, where your emotion's at, and how the food impacts you as a whole. And living without rules is uncomfortable at first because we're not used to doing it. So these are a few of those tips and different ways that you can try adding some structure to learning intuitive eating and this approach of being without rules. So the first one that can be helpful is mindful eating. And what I mean by this is taking time to slow down with our food instead of being distracted with food because when we're distracted with food, it actually decreases the amount of pleasure that we get from eating the food. Because when we eat food, it does release neurotransmitters in our brain because food is part of survival. We need food to survive. So our brain and our bodies want us to enjoy eating food. But when we're distracted, like watching TV, we decrease the amount of pleasure we get from eating. So which is why mindful eating can help us to slow down, become more satisfied with the food we're eating and have more awareness of our body's cues. Next thing is journaling. And I don't mean writing a food journal where you tap or where you put in everything you ate for the day. I mean journaling about your food rules and your thoughts about foods. Because if we have that of like, oh, I'm, this eating this food will be bad for me, then we're gonna have fear associated with that. So learning using journaling as a way to get the thoughts out of our head and see the rules on paper, and then to start questioning them and breaking them one at a time. By that I mean, say one of your food rules is like, oh, I can't eat ice cream very often. Well, if you actually give yourself a time every single day where you're gonna mindfully eat ice cream whenever you want to what you're going to find is you'll learn to trust yourself around that food experience that food more and end up craving it less because part of the reason we would crave these foods more 
is because we think they're in a limited supply. And so I've done this exercise with people and what they find is even before the week's over, it's like they don't even want that food anymore because they know they could have it and that they don't want it all the time. But this does take making sure that you're looking at your food rules, giving yourself full permission for it, looking at how you're feeling when experiencing the food and building awareness of the food. And so it can be a couple steps and in the beginning it can feel tedious to have all these different steps, but eventually it becomes like effortless and easy because it only feels a little bit tedious in the beginning because we're not used to doing it. Another thing you can do is when you have a craving, check in with yourself of why do I want this? Intuitive eating is not just responding to every single craving because sometimes our cravings are coming from an emotional want, which we may or may not want to eat for. So we can check in and be like, okay, what am I looking for in this moment and build that awareness because we don't shame and judge ourselves for emotionally eating, but sometimes we don't want that experience and physical discomfort if we're eating purely for an emotional reason because the food doesn't actually solve the emotional problem. The last tip I have is just thinking of it as an experiment. Be willing to try things out and see how they go and then just use that as information for next time. Next time you'll know how that'll affect you because if you don't try it, then you won't know how it's going to affect you. And if we are able to take that approach of more curiosity, it'll help this go so much quicker for you to learn all of this. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you're finding these episodes helpful, I would love it if you would leave me a review or share it with people so that way more people can find it. Thank you and I'll see you next week.